Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Social Evolution Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Patrick Barney. Uh, with me is the other host of the podcast, Curtis Frazier. And today, since this is our very first episode of Social Evolution, I thought we would introduce ourselves, discuss our own political views, and discuss what this podcast is all is going to be all about, which to my mind, I, I envision as a discussion of the political problems facing the United States and the world today and hopeful solutions. So um, that's kind of the that's kind of the gist of what we're going to do. As I said, I'm Patrick Barney. Politically, I consider myself an anarchist um, in the classical sense, like Peter Kropotkin um, and Bakunin, you know, anti-authority, anti-capitalism, all kinds of anti-leaders, anti-money, you know, anti-profit motive. Pretty much, I think that people should be um, in control of any decision that affects them. So, you know, if there's a decision at work, then uh, every person who works at that company or whatever should be part of the decision. Uh, Anybody who... If there's a decision in the political community, like such as a town or a state or a nation, if it affects that person, then you should have a say in it. Um, and that means non-representationally. I, as an anarchist, I do not believe that representational politics are the way to go. So that's me in a nutshell. How about you, Curtis? <clears throat> well, I guess I'm not, I never really thought about what ideology best describes what I think, but I just think that, um, you know, people should be treated like human beings and, like you said, make the choices that most affect them. Uh, Right now, we have a lot of things uh, going on in the country that affect the world, and I don't know if that's necessarily fair to the world. Sure. So. Yeah. Okay. So... You know, that's that's Curtis and me. Just kind of, kind of some basic, basic information about us. I, you know, there are so many issues that we could cover in this podcast. You know, from climate change to, um, you know, weird criminals ending up as our president to, um, you know, pollution, like fracking, to corporate, corporate greed, you know, any, any, anything, you know, anything and everything along those lines is what we're probably going to end up talking about here. Uh, Curtis, did you know anything special that you wanted to talk about? Like, is there anything specific that you know of that you're pissed about? Uh, not not specifically right offhand. Just the uh, you know the the plight of the human condition. Sure, sure. You know, you're born to to work the machine. 
Yeah, man. Because if you don't, you're going to starve to death, die outdoors, etc. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about working for the machine. Because it's certainly something that pisses me off. Like, you know, 40 years ago, I was born after my parents were like, let's have a kid, another kid. So nine months later, I was born. And 40 years later, I find myself in the, you know, pretty shitty position of having to pay a mortgage, having to pay bills. And, um, you know, it isn't as if things have to be this way. There have been successful societies in which the profit motive and money were either non-existent or very, you know, very curbed, uh, uh, according, according to today and, uh, compared to today. And certainly there have been societies in which work as we know it did not exist. You know, if we're talking about the first, the first societies of the United, of, no, I shouldn't say the United States, of the North American landmass, we, you know, work, work as the, the concept that we know now simply wasn't, didn't happen. You didn't go out and work for money work to make other people money, get a, a a small share of that money, and then go home and have to pay bills. That that didn't happen. Um so that's 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 kind of the machine as I understand you it. You work to provide for yourself because you needed the food, the shelter, the right. right, right, right. Things for you and your family. Right. We're we're talking like Yeah. Well, like I understand structured society. Right. As far as, you know, if we all do a little bit of what it takes to keep us all alive, you know, we can extend that which is keeping us alive. You know, right. the food gets better, the shelter gets better. Right. So, you know, it isn't as if the, the, the machine to which all of us are enslaved these days, uh, the machine of work... It isn't as if that always existed or has to always exist. It exists because, um, you know, certain certain classes of people like not having to to do much for their for their money. You know, like or for their lifestyle or for their lifestyle. Like- I want the big house, but I don't want to have to build it. I want the nice garden, but I don't want to have to mow the grass or cut the trees. Or, Absolutely. You know. Yeah. These people, the people who have these things, pretty much are the people who do not do the work for these things. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's almost a truism in this country, I would say. In the world. In the world. If you work hard... That's pretty much an indicator that you are not rich. You know, if you are rich, you don't you don't have to work hard. And you know, I I know people say, you know, you think Jeff Bezos didn't work hard, you think Bill Gates didn't work hard to make their their vast fortunes. I think that they probably did work hard in the beginning. To like grow what grow the thing that they were the company or whatever, um, but certainly they don't. 
they did not and do not currently put in that much work. They're not they're not working hard these days. And on top of that, they certainly didn't never worked hard enough for the proportion of the profit of their company that they receive. You know, the large portion of the work done that is done in the Amazon company is done by people who are paid a wage, you know. Right. Which I see as exploitation. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I'm against exploitation in all of its forms. You know, I mean, there are different degrees. Right. Certainly. <clears throat> Certainly there are different degrees. But, you know, a lot of how vulnerable the victim is, you know. Right, right. Depending on the vulnerability of the victim is the let that depend that that kind of enables the more vulnerable the more exploitation right so like if you are an immigrant who can't get papers for whatever reason you know you're gonna you're gonna be doing a hard job for a little bit of money because you have no choice right easily exploitable right you know the same as someone who didn't graduate high school or college etc yeah absolutely everyone for whatever shortcoming they have has to pay some price. And like, I, I like how we're, you know, I don't know how much we've talked about this before, just in our own hanging out together, but uh, I like how we're kind of, we're kind of talking about the basic thing that Karl Marx and, um, you know, some, some, anar- you know, maybe the original anarchist, uh, Pierre Joseph Proudhon, if I'm saying that correctly, pointed out, which is that um, property and profit necessarily means exploitation. You can't have profit or property without someone being exploited. It's just impossible. So, you know, for example, let's say 10 people work on a farm and all 10 of those people are responsible for um, the output of that farm and for for the total total output let's let's go further and say that just to make it easy all 10 of those people do an equal amount of work okay to to put that put that output of the farm out there so if any one of those people gets more than another, then more of the share of the profit than another, then that person has exploited the others because he has gotten more for less work, or excuse me, gotten more for the same amount of work. Now, it gets a little, little harder on the math if we, we take into account that certainly people do more Oftentimes, like on a farm, you're going to find that a couple of different people do more of the work, okay, than, say, some of the others. However, what we still find is if, so if person A does 60% of the work, person B does 20% of the work, and persons, um, the rest of the persons, the other 10 people, the other the other eight people, excuse me, do the other 20% of the work. If person A receives more than 60% of the share, 
of the profit, or if person B receives more than 20% of the share, then they're receiving more profit than they put into it, right? And that is, is pretty much just a fact in capitalism today. You know, the way people, the, the way capitalism functions, the, the owner who does very little work usually gets 90% of the profit or, or maybe a little less, but certainly, certainly the proportions are not correct. And that's where exploitation is. Well, a lot of that comes from like the, uh, when you talk about like the chief executive officer, we're talking about like corporate America, right? They make a lot of money and do a little work. When you work on like a small business level, that person, usually the owner of the company is, you know, there being, you know, whatever manager he needs or maintenance guy he needs or. I, I do agree that on a small business level, uh, owners and man, owner, owners tend to do more uh, than say in a, in a large, a large business. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Right. That. That often the small business, your business owner, you know, like she's she's right there in the front doing the work. Right. Yeah. And you know, ultimately I can't I can't speak for Curtis. I can that's her dollar, you know. Right, right, right. I can't I can't speak for Curtis, but I would say while I am against even that form of wage slavery, even the small business, I don't think the small business really is our is our main target right now. Like, ultimately, I would say that the ideal social evolution, uh, which just I want to let our listeners know that that was Curtis's idea. Social evolution is Curtis's idea, and it, it's it's where we take the name of the podcast from. Um, my ideal so- social evolution, the next step from from where we are in capitalism, to me, would probably be uh, a general strike, like just uh, a, um, a, an industry, across industry general strike, you know, so that so that workers can gain more control. And then over over a short period of time, hopefully we transition into what's called market socialism, which is essentially trade, you know, a trade in, in certain types of products. We preserve uh, companies. However, all businesses become um, employee-owned and controlled, and that's where... Uh, the socialism of market socialism comes into play. So we, we, that, that would be my ideal social evolution right now. After that, I would like to ultimately see an end to markets and the profit motive entirely. What do you think, Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. I think people should think about, uh, you know, like their planetary progress, you know, and what's better for people before they think about profit because yeah. in, in the end we can't really buy another earth no you know or really anything that we squander in the name of profit no and that's that's a tricky one money is a is an imaginary 
thing that humans created. Now, I'm not saying, I don't know if we could necessarily deal without it, but if we lived in a country where the basic necessities of life, you know, like food and shelter and education and medical whatever is just free and nobody even thinks about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems difficult to think of a society that has no money whatsoever. Um, ultimately, I would hope that that would be my goal to do away with money entirely. But as I said, that's for me, that's farther in the future. Like I'm, I'm more interested in, in establishing what's called market socialism currently. Um, but to speak to your point about like not having any other planets, that's a tricky one because um, as Noam, the you know famed anarchist and, and political activist Noam Chomsky has said, he he thinks that climate change is is probably like the most important issue we're facing right now. In that you know uh, it is. Like if we don't if we don't do something and prepare for the the climate catastrophe to come, you know we're gonna dwindle as a species and maybe even die out. Um, and maybe if we you know if we don't do enough, the planet could become totally unlivable. And Chomsky believes that the timeline for us to do something just isn't you know we're we're not we're gonna have to do that within capitalism he thinks it'll take longer to change capitalism than than we have to prevent climate catastrophe i mean there's already going to be some level of climate catastrophe that i know of um but you know there's still time to at least prepare and to make sure the most vulnerable are not totally destroyed now, granted, like, I, I think it was, like, something four or five years ago, there was an announcement uh, from an important scientific group that said, we have 12 years to prepare or, you know, our our climate, you know, climate change is going to be um, a, like, extinction-level event. Yeah. And... In those four years, I don't think anybody has done anything. No, well, the problem is they're looking at money first. Sure. You know, like all the solutions they're coming up with, like anybody that I hear is, as far as I can tell, money-centric. Yeah, I think... Like, it doesn't help the environment if everybody gets an electric car and has to plug that in, because yeah, I remember uh, rolling blackouts. Yeah. It's not really... Mine more shit and build something else is probably not the solution. No, I agree. No one is talking about maybe we should come up with a you know way to make gasoline out of kudzu or bamboo or something. Yeah, it could probably be done. You know, we've got almost eight billion people on planet Earth. I'm sure there's at least a half dozen that can fix that. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard a but few we different. Can't make money on it. Right. Exactly. Like. You know, all the solutions that I hear by from tech bros are like, you know, like Bill Gates is, is like, yeah, let's let's build a machine to take carbon carbon out of the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere yeah. and a technology. But the, the only way 
that can happen is if, you know, to Bill Gates's mind or any other tech bro is if it somehow makes money, you know, so you, you, you know, under, under the profit motive, you have to, yeah, it's it, it has to make like, money. Honestly, I'm embarrassed to be an earth human. And oh, yeah. Money centric and like, oh, this is, this is what life is all about. You know, anything who's not here looking at us is thinking what a poor, sad society they are. Oh, like, man. Like, don't get me started on each other. Hey, what are you going to do with your planet now that it's all gone and you're rich? Yeah. <laughs> man, don't get me started on freaking the human race. Like, uh, in, that's what this is about. In, in my most pessimistic moments, you know, uh, like, I really feel like maybe we shouldn't even be around anymore. Like, when I'm super pessimistic, I'm like, all we do is murder and rape one another and, and you know, F the planet and everything like that. It's pretty, de- pretty depressing stuff. Yeah. But as far as far as climate change is concerned, what I think is... What I think is interesting is is actually there's not we have the solutions like and it's not it's not about fucking recycling. I wish people would understand that recycling is corporate BS just to let you know, like if every every household in in the United States recycled everything that they could that was recyclable that would only reduce pollution by something like 20% or 25%. Like we would, there's still these massive, you know, plants and um, basically, you know, industrial sized manufacturing plants that, and, you know, not to mention like factory farming. Like I actually think, you know, factory farming is making all those electric cars. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the solution, the solution to climate change is pretty clear. It's not recycling. It's, you know, cutting back on production massively, which isn't that big of a deal because like 40% of food products get thrown out anyway, like don't get eaten and they just get tossed. Uh, you know, the rest of the world starves. Right. And, you know, um, basically, you know, it's, it's, it's reduced production. It's also, you know, reduced, reduced production, plant a bunch of trees and plant, uh, plants, not the right word. I actually think like, there's some form of algae that is actually better at putting oxygen back into the atmosphere than trees. So, you know, cultivating a bunch of that and we we could have climate change maybe not under control in the sense that we would prevent any warming, but we could get it to the point where warming could stop and we, we wouldn't necessarily... Um, um, be in the nightmare scenario where the earth actually heats up to the point that it can no longer sustain life, which is, which is a possibility if we don't do something. Right. 
And the solution probably shouldn't be, we'll just figure out how to live on the planet when... Right, right, right. Like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just adapt we'll technology as it heats. Yeah. yeah, we'll just dig a hole in the fucking ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's cold. It's cool. plenty of holes. You got all the resources out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, we can talk about everything that people do wrong. Yeah. Destroy the environment, take advantage of themselves. Like, it's all awful. Yeah, it is awful. It's, uh, it's real... Like, when you really look squarely at it, you, like... You know, unless you can lie to yourself about some certain things, you know, looking at the problems is is real. You know, it's it's for real, man. Yeah, like they're there whether you want to think about them or not, whether it's your job or not. Yeah. They're still there. Yeah. And the future is going to have to deal with it. You know, much like that fire in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The fire in Pennsylvania that's been going on for 80 years or whatever? Since the 60s. Uh, okay, 60 years. Yeah, it's then. like Centralia. And what did you say? Something it's like, like in a mine? Yeah, somebody caught this mine on fire and it's been burning ever since. It's still yeah. on fire. Yeah. And for some reason, like, we as a... We're not even talking about it. Like, that's burning enough. They could have <laughs> powered our everything for the next however long. Yeah. And there it burns. Yep. Not even trying to put it out. Who cares? Right? It's not somebody else's problem. You're not going to make any money on it. Yeah, you can't They'll make figure any... it out eventually 60 years later. We don't even talk about not it. Not only can you not make any money, fun. you'll lose money. You'll right? lose money. Fucking vampires, man. Well, if you're going to lose money to save the planet, I mean... Yeah, who's in? Who yeah. wants to do that? Who wants to do that? I'm a vampire. I live off the blood of the fucking wage slaves, you know? That's that's how it works. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't. Or you the know, blood of the earth, or the blood know. of the earth, the wage slaves in the earth. That, that that's how I live. I don't. I don't. I don't live by helping put out fires. Fucking fucking douchebag. Hate hateful, hateful people whom I hate. Yeah. I think it's very primitive the way humans look at money before they look at the betterment of society. Yeah. Like it's extremely primitive. Like, we don't... There are other things that we look at as primitive now. We're like, oh, yeah, human sacrifice. Obviously, that was wrong. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. We found a way to sacrifice people a different way, and that's clearly okay because yeah. we've been doing it ever since, you know, which is another thing. Look at the, the people that came up with these ideas. Like, they didn't have toilet paper. Who didn't have toilet paper? Uh, those that came up with the idea that we're going to have money and you're all going to work for it. I don't even know where it originated. I'm going to guess Mesopotamia. Uh, I mean, the the <laughs> oldest... Well, I guess Babylon for anything, right? Well, I got, you know, the oldest cultures are, are certainly, like, arose out of the Mas- Mesopotamia area. Where, I, I think Babylon is... It, no, is Sumeria and Babylon the same thing? As I thought Sumeria was the oldest human culture. Okay. Which is what I thought. We can we can look it You're up. And, right. I'm not and maybe maybe correct on our next our next episode, but what um one thing I do wanna 
I do want to kind of think about here is that, you know, smart people on the right do have answers to what we're saying. Like they do have counter arguments. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into those now, but that's something to kind of think about uh, for our next episode or next few episodes. We can think about what some of the arguments are from the right. You know, one of which is that money is is kind of a natural thing, and like so is hierarchy. Hierarchy is natural, and things like that. Um, and those are things we can we can maybe speak about in the future. Yeah, future episodes will be more focused on one item or another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That like, right now we just the environment or right the workforce. Yeah, this one we just kind of wanted to give you a taste of what it's like to hear two lefty guys fucking complaining about some bullshit. Right. And then in the future we're gonna. We're going to deal more specifically with, you know, emerging stories in the political realm. We're going to deal with, uh, like I said, maybe some philosophical arguments from the right. That's something that I'd be interested in exploring just because I like philosophy in general. So I like thinking about people's arguments and how they do or don't work. So, hopefully, listeners, you've enjoyed this episode of the Social Evolution Podcast. Stay tuned next time for more specific talk about um, the idiocy of the right. Peace out. As always, fuck the fash.